this morning the uh, really the emphasis uh, it has seemed of the of the song special music is simply God's faithfulness and God is faithful uh, isn't that a blessing that we have a God that is always faithful he's always God he's always right we can always trust him I, I want you to turn to your Bibles we're going to take a, a break from the book of Proverbs this morning and I'd like you to go to the book of second Chronicles uh, this morning with me second Chronicles chapter number 20 in the Old Testament second Chronicles chapter 20 and I'm going to share with you from one of my favorite portions of the Word of God. Through the years, God has used this particular chapter in my life, giving direction, guidance, help, comfort, uh, whatever the need has been. Often, God has pointed me to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And so this morning, 2 Chronicles chapter 20, we're going to examine today uh, a biblical response to the coronavirus. Uh, I am having so many questions, phone calls, people questioning. Uh, everywhere you go, uh, there's confusion, there's fear, there's um, a turmoil, there's panic. Everywhere I turn, I I'm seeing this. And just uh, so I want to look at the Word of God this morning. Now, I see all the news media, they give their opinions and their direction. And uh, I just believe that God's people ought to get their direction from God's Word. And we ought to have guidance that only God can give from the Word of God. And so that's where we're going this morning. We're going to the Word of God and we're going to look at a biblical response to the coronavirus today. And I'd like you to stand with me as we read together the Word of God. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And we're going to begin here this morning in verse number 1. We'll actually preach through much of this chapter. But I want to read the first section here of this particular chapter. Second Chronicles chapter 20. It came to pass after this also that the children of Moab and the children of Ammon and with them other beside the Ammonites came against Jehoshaphat to battle. Jehoshaphat's one of my favorite kings in the Bible. If you look in chapter 17, he's a man that loved the Lord and he's a man that sought the face of God in chapter 17. Verse number 2, Then there came some that told Jehoshaphat, saying, There cometh a great multitude against thee from beyond the sea on this side Syria. And behold, they be in Hezazan Tamar, uh, which is in Gadai. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah. And Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord, even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. A biblical response to the coronavirus. I'm glad we're in church today. We need God. We need the Word of God. We need the direction from God. So we're going to meet together and look in the Word of God and get some answers this morning. I'd like you to join me today. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you this morning. You're so good to us, and thank you for the privilege of meeting together in this place. And Lord, as we look unto you, we need help. And just as Jehoshaphat called his nation together, and they came to seek you, they came to ask help of you. And Lord, we're coming this morning, we're asking help. We're asking guidance. You say, if any man lack wisdom, let him ask of God. And Lord, we need wisdom, wisdom that can come only from you. In a day of fear, in a day of panic, Lord, help us as your people to be a light, a bright and shining light in a dark world, we pray. 
In Jesus' precious name, amen. And you may be seated this morning. I'm sure this is the case with uh, each and every one of you. Everywhere I turn, uh, people are commenting or they're asking about the coronavirus uh, pandemic and, and the news media has really focused most of its attention. Uh, you read a news article, almost always it's geared in the direction of the coronavirus. I, I've see, received phone calls of concern. I've had people literally calling uh, filled with fear. Uh, I've had people had the privilege actually to lead uh, people to the Lord uh, just because of this. And it's open doors of conversation uh, just to be able to speak about the Lord and the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, now the virus appears, if, if you follow it, to be very quickly moving in some regions. Uh, just the most recent st uh, statistics, uh, over 150,000 cases confirmed worldwide, um, almost 6,000 deaths uh, at this point, uh, China, Italy, Iran, hardest hit. Uh, Brother uh, Kim, you mentioned your parents in, in South Korea and uh, your parents uh, have been in their home kind of secluded for some time and this has happened literally all over the world. As of Saturday night, uh, from what I can uh, read, statistics, 3,045 cases in the United States, Washington, D.C., Puerto Rico, at least 57 deaths right down the United States. And let me just uh, point out, if you were to study the statistics, far more people have died from the flu and from other sicknesses than from the coronavirus. I'm just giving you the numbers that have been, uh, been uh, related to us. Uh, 13 cases now, presently, as the last uh, reading that I had in the state of New Mexico. Uh, we're experiencing some major adjustments to life. I heard just this morning, and thank the Lord for this, the casinos are going to be closed as of four o'clock, I guess, in the morning. And I'm, I'm glad they're closing. I wish they would have closed a long time ago uh, there with it. But uh, uh, some major adjustments in life. The public schools uh, closing across the state of New Mexico for three weeks. And Daniel, you shared good news. You don't even have to make it up. And it's uh, taken care of. And so isn't that a blessing? Many other schools across the nation are closed. Uh, many jobs are on hold. Some of you have been affected with your jobs uh, because of this uh, coronavirus. And so jobs on hold and some encouraged to work from home. Uh, we know sporting events have been closed. The NBA has uh, withheld or, or for a time suspended uh, their season. Uh, the major tournaments in college basketball have been uh, suspended or they have been post-canceled. Uh, we know golf and hockey sporting events have been canceled or postponed. And uh, colleges all across the nations have closed their doors, uh, classes, uh, some for the entire spring semester. Uh, here today, some churches are not having services uh, here in New Mexico and across the nation. Churches are not having services today, some of them uh, services online. Uh, most of you have probably been to Walmart or to the stores and you've noticed that uh, many stocking up on items. And uh, I've seen pictures and witnessed it myself of shelves that are completely wiped clean, completely barren, uh, the shelves in certain areas. And I don't understand why toilet tissue, but toilet tissue, I was reading that uh, somebody had expressed uh, because uh, they saw one person fill their cart with toilet tissue, they ought to fill their cart with toilet tissue, and pretty soon everybody filled their cart with toilet tissue, and now there's no more toilet tissue in the stores. And somebody said it would be a great opportunity for church.
invite people to church, offer a free roll of toilet tissue, and you could get people to church. And so there are just all sorts of things happening across America today that are just kind of unusual. What's taking place? What's happening? I've talked to people that are filled with fear, panic, uh, helplessness. Um, we were at Walmart yesterday. And uh, by the way, you can stock up on dark chocolate. It's still available, okay? <laughs> Lots of dark chocolate. But you can, uh, I'm finding people filled with fear, panic, asking questions. What's happening? Uh, how should Christians respond? I believe we need to look to the Word of God. We need a biblical response. Uh, my conviction is this Bible is God's Word. And my conviction is that the Bible has an answer for every need of our lives. Uh, Brother English, you, you sent to me a quote yesterday, and I thought it was very good. It's from a, a book that you've been reading. And uh, when crisis hits, and the statement is, is what you have stored away in your heart is all that you'll be able to pull up at that moment. And I think one reason that many are filled with fear is because they have not a relationship with the Lord. Or they're not walking with the Lord. And thus the heart is filled with fear. And a lost world has nowhere to turn but to fear and to panic. And this is being played upon the senses across America. Uh, on Friday, in an address to the nation, President Trump declared a state of emergency concerning the coronavirus. And I want to I quote from the speech because this was very good. He said, we are a country that throughout our history has looked to God for protection and strength in times like these. And then he declared Sunday, March the 15th, which is today, a national day of prayer. I thought that was very good. Uh, he said, no matter where you may be, I encourage you to turn towards prayer and an act of faith. Together, we will easily prevail. So I want to just take some of the background of, of what we're experiencing and I want to compare this to the Word of God this morning and I want to give to you and I a response. Now here is my conviction, when things get dark, that's when the light shines brightest. And you'll find during times of fear and times of panic, you'll find the greatest opportunity for the gospel of Jesus Christ. I've had the privilege of, of leading people to the Lord. I've had the privilege of, of visiting with people and sharing a biblical responses uh, just in the midst of the turmoil that people are facing right now. In Chronicles chapter 20, one of my favorite passages of Scripture in the Bible, Judah faced some dire circumstances. Several nations uh, banded together to battle against Judah and against Jehoshaphat. Uh, we read in verse number 1, the children of Moab, the children of Ammon, and with them other beside, the Ammonites. And then we read on in this passage, uh, a great multitude. What you get is the picture of a strong army banded together, coming in war, in battle, against the nation of Judah. Uh, they are now, they have approached, they're extremely close to Jerusalem. In Gedi, those of you traveling to Israel, uh, you will have the privilege of, of going to En Gedi, the place, and you'll see that this is fairly close 
unto Jerusalem. And uh, here these armies, this vast multitude coming against Jehoshaphat, against Judah. They're very close to Jerusalem. Uh, they were seasoned soldiers. And in verse number 3, the Bible tells us Jehoshaphat feared. Uh, he's a godly king. I pointed that out in the beginning. He's a king that sought the face of God. He's one that loved the Lord. And yet hearing of the multitudes coming to battle against him, his heart was filled with fear. And we find this situation. Uh, Judah did not have the resources, did not have the seasoned soldiers of the armies coming against them. And so his response is that of fear initially. But I believe the reaction as we read on in this passage of Scripture relates to us four principles that you and I need to put into practice. Four principles that if you will put these into practice, you can be a bright and shining light in a dark world. I would say, number one, that this is a time to seek God. Again, look with me at verses 3 and 4. And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord and proclaimed a fast throughout all Judah, and Judah gathered themselves together to ask help of the Lord. Even out of all the cities of Judah, they came to seek the Lord. Now sometimes God allows things. Sometimes God allows circumstances to bring us to our knees. God is more concerned with your character and your relationship with Christ than He is with your comforts. And sometimes God brings situations in order to draw people to a relationship with Him. And that's the great need. Uh, you mark it down that if something occurs, it has to come across the desk of God first. Nothing can happen except God allows it. And so in the midst of these circumstances that Joshua is facing, uh, Joshua or Jehoshaphat proclaimed a fast a day of prayer, a day of fasting, just as our president did, and declared that today, March the 15th, is a national day of prayer. I believe that God desires for each of us to seek. I want you to back up with me to 2 Chronicles. Now keep your place in 2 Chronicles 20, but go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 17, or chapter 7, excuse me. 2 Chronicles chapter 7. Second Chronicles chapter 7, uh, King Solomon has just completed the building of the temple in Jerusalem. The Lord appeared to Solomon, you read in verse number 12. The Lord appeared to Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer and have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. God said to Solomon, if I shut up heaven that there be no rain, or if I command the locusts to devour the land, or if I send pestilence among my people. He says, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, God said, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. And so this is God's direction to the nation of Israel. God said, if you face circumstances... If my people, he's speaking to those that are saved, to those that have a relationship with him. 
And friend, of all people that ought to seek the face of God, ought to be God's people. If my people, uh, those that are saved, that those that know the Lord, ought to seek the face of Jesus Christ. We've been exhorted to in the scriptures when we face circumstances. Now I want you to go back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. One of the most beautiful prayers of the Bible is this prayer of Jehoshaphat. Now, I've preached through this on a number of occasions, so I, I'm going to just briefly cover some of the highlights of this prayer this morning. It'll be an encouragement to you as we seek the Lord. You notice as Jehoshaphat prays, in verse number 6, he acknowledged God's position. And he said, O Lord God of our fathers, this is in 2 Chronicles 20 again, O Lord God of our fathers, art not thou God in heaven? And rulest not thou over all the kingdoms of the heathen? See, that's my God. Uh, my God is the maker of the universe. He's the one that spoke this world into being. He's God of gods and king of kings, Lord of lords. He's the governor of governors and president of presidents. That's my God. He's almighty. And as we face a crisis, we need to seek the face of that God. And as we look at this prayer in verse number 6, he acknowledged God's power. He said, in the latter part and in thine hand, is there not power and might so that none is able to withstand thee? Helps us to be reminded of the power of God. Helps us to know that God is the one that put the stars into the sky. And with the wand of his hand, the Bible says, and he made the stars also. And he knows all of the stars by name. And some of the stars are so gigantic that they make our sun seem like a dwarf. That's my God. And we need to be reminded as we seek his face of his power. Uh, Jehoshaphat acknowledged the personal covenant with God in verse 7. He says, art not thou, and I like this, art not thou our God? Who didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel, gavest it to thy, the seed of Abraham, thy friend forever. He's acknowledging this personal relationship with God. And, and friend, as we come to a crisis, we're to seek the face of God. But it's so important that God is your God that you know God in a personal way, and you can bring every need unto that God. In verse number 7, he acknowledged the past works of God. He said in the past, he said, You didst drive out the inhabitants of this land before thy people Israel. And he's remembering back to times in the past when God has worked. And has God worked in your life in the past? Have you called upon him and been saved? See, if God's done it once, he can do it twice. If he's done it twice, he can do it thrice. And every need that you have, you can bring to that God. And remember the time that you called upon the name of Jesus and you were saved. Or that time when the Lord answered a prayer in your life. And you can bring those needs to God. He acknowledged those past works of God. In verses 8 and 9, he acknowledged the promises of God. And they dwelt therein. Have built thee a sanctuary therein for thy name, saying, If when evil cometh upon us, is the sword, judgment, or pestilence, our famine, we stand before this house and in thy presence, for thy name is in this house, and cry unto thee in our affliction, then wilt thou hear and help. Here God has given a promise. And God, this is the promise that I read back in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, that if when there was a need, if my people called by my name would come, God said, then will I hear and will help. That's God's promise. In verses 10 and 11, 
He acknowledged God's purpose. He said, verse 10, And now behold the children of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir, uh, whom thou wouldest not let Israel invade when they came out of the land of Egypt, but they turned from them and destroyed them not. Behold, I say how they reward us to come to cast us out of thy possession, which thou hast given us to inherit. He acknowledged God's purpose. He said, Lord, you gave the land to us. And now they're trying to kick us out of that land. And he said, Lord, we know better. You promised this land unto your people. Verse number 12 is one of my favorite verses of the Bible. And as we seek God, this helps us. As Jehoshaphat prayed, he said, O our God, wilt thou not judge them? Then he says, For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us, neither know we what to do. But our eyes are upon thee. How do we handle a crisis? We see God. And when you don't know what to do, what do you do? You get your eyes upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this world is filled with confusion and fear and panic. And friend, this is not a time to fear. It's not a time to panic. It's a time to get your eyes on the Lord. In fact, there will be fear and panic when you don't have your eyes upon the Lord. And so here's Jehoshaphat, he's looking at this mighty army coming against him, and he said, Lord, we have no might against this great company against us. We don't know what to do. What does he say? Our eyes are upon thee. He said, Lord, we're getting our eyes off of the circumstances, and we're putting our eyes upon you. We're looking to you. Seek God. During Paul's life, he faced many difficult circumstances. Acts 27, Paul was in a storm at sea. And the Bible says of that storm that all hope that they would be saved was taken away. It was a time of confusion aboard that boat that Paul uh, was riding on. But what did Paul do? Well, the Bible tells us in Acts 27 during that storm that Paul got along with God. He sought the face of God and as Paul sought the face of God, God gave wisdom and direction and guidance for the rest of those aboard that ship. And that's what we need today are some people that will seek the face of God. When the world is in a state of confusion, the answers must come from God's people. But those answers can come only as we seek God. What are we to do concerning the coronavirus? Well, first of all, we need to seek the face of God. We need to seek the Lord. It's a time to seek God. Now let me give you a secondly, what are we to do? This is not only a time to seek God, but it's a time to trust God. Now look at, again, verse 3 of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And it says, And Jehoshaphat feared and set himself to seek the Lord. Now we can understand why the armies against him uh, looks like, humanly speaking, an impossible or a hopeless situation. Now, if you followed the news, a lot of fear is being created today in the world. And I believe Satan wants to instill a spirit of fear. You study history, there have been far worse pandemics than what we're dealing with right now. E Ebola, uh, swine flu, 1918, there was an outbreak of influenza. Hundreds of thousands were killed. There was the Black Plague uh, centuries ago, and, uh, but right now the media and others are stirring up the minds of people and many and hearts are filled with fear. Let me give you a verse you ought to memorize. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. It says, For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, 
but of power and of love and of a sound mind. See, God does not want you to live in a spirit or a state of fear. God wants you to live in a spirit of faith, in a spirit of, of hope in Him, of a sound mind. See, God wants us to trust in Him at all times. Now let's look back to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. As Jehoshaphat placed his mind and eyes upon the Lord, I want you to read with me beginning at verse 13. It says, And all Judah stood before the Lord with their little ones, their wives, and their children. Then upon Jehaziel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Medaniah, a Levite of the sons of Asaph, came the Spirit of the Lord in the midst of the congregation. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Notice this statement. Thus saith the Lord unto you. Be not afraid, nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Now, we need to trust God, and God wants us to trust Him, and we can trust in His promises. Jehoshaphat, when his heart was filled with fear, needed a word from God, and God gave a word, thus saith the Lord. And God's word relieved his fear. When fear grips your heart, you need to get into God's word. When fear grips your heart, you need to allow the Word of God to speak unto you. And God has promised some things to you this morning. God has promised to work all things together for good to those that love the Lord. God has promised if you're saved that He will never leave you nor forsake you. That's God's promise. Now I've heard some crazy interpretations recently and, and some have claimed Psalm 91 and, and said because of that promise in Psalm 91 that 10,000 might fall at my right hand, it shall not come nigh thee. And uh, they've quoted in verse number 10, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come nigh thy dwelling. And, and they said nothing bad's going to happen to me and we need to be careful there. And let me explain why. Uh, some have said just have faith in God, nothing bad will ever happen to you. That's not true. You know, uh, sometimes bad things happen to good people. And, and sometimes negative things can happen in all of our lives. And God did not promise that there would never be no difficulty. And God did not promise that there would be uh, no thorns in life. But what God did promise is that no matter what comes your way, He will give you the grace to deal with it when it comes your way. And God will give you the grace in dealing with it to be a light. Remember Paul the Apostle, 2, Chronicles, or 2 Corinthians chapter 12, he had a thorn in the flesh. And he prayed for that thorn in the flesh to depart. And three times he asked the Lord to take the thorn away. And the Lord finally said, Paul, my grace is sufficient for thee. And we read in the life of Job that Job faced many difficult things. And yet Job continued to focus upon the Lord and said, naked I came into this world, naked would I go. And the Bible says that Job worshipped the Lord in the midst of that difficulty. Bad things happened to Job, but Job found the grace to deal with it. See, God wants us to trust in His promises in good times and in bad times. Now, God also wants us to trust in His goodness. Let me state here this morning, God's good. And God's good all the time. And God works all things together for good to those that love the Lord. And for Jehoshaphat, God was good. Now, if you know the background of this particular passage of Scripture, in 2 Chronicles chapter 18, Jehoshaphat, this king that loved the Lord, 
joined affinity with Ahab, a king that hated the Lord. And we find that Jehoshaphat, though he was saved, uh, really went against God and joined affinity and helped Ahab in battle against the will of God. And God sent a prophet to Jehoshaphat and said, Jehoshaphat, going to be some consequences. And I believe in chapter 20, we experience some of those consequences and these armies coming against Jehoshaphat were God's chastening hand upon Jehoshaphat. And see, God chastens His people sometimes and like a father that loves his son, God is so delighted in His people walking with Him and the Lord is more concerned with your character, as I mentioned, than He is your comfort. And sometimes God in His goodness will bring us to our knees. But that's God's goodness. And then we read on through this passage of Scripture, as Jehoshaphat sought the face of God, God delivered these armies into Jehoshaphat's hand. I want you to look at verse 24, 2 Chronicles 20. In verse 24, And when Judah came toward the watchtower in the wilderness, they looked unto the multitude, and behold, they were dead bodies, fallen to the earth, and none escaped. And when Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away the spoil of them, they found among them an abundance, both riches with the dead bodies and precious jewels, which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And there were three days in gathering the spoil. It was so much. God worked a miracle. See, God gave blessings through the difficulties that never would have come had it not been for the difficulty. Now listen close to what I, what I need to say. America needs revival. America needs the touch of God. America needs to be broken. America needs to come to its knees and call out to a living God. And I'm thinking that sometime that may take some dramatic measures to bring us unto the Lord. But in all of this, we can trust God's goodness. So God wants us to trust His promises. He wants us to trust His goodness. But God wants us to trust His wisdom and His purpose. See, not only is God always good, but God is always God. And He's always right. And He never makes a mistake. Uh, Through this battle, God magnified Jehoshaphat before Judah. Look in verse 27. It says, Then they returned. And every man of Judah and Jerusalem and Jehoshaphat in the forefront of them to go again to Jerusalem with joy. For the Lord had made them to rejoice over their enemies. And they came to Jerusalem with psalteries and harps and trumpets unto the house of the Lord. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they had heard that the Lord fought against the enemies of Israel. So the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet for his God gave him rest about it. God used the difficult situation to bring about peace. And only God can take the difficult and make good out of it. I think we'll look back sometime later and we can see the hand of God. And we can see that this too came to pass. The world may not see the control of God. The world may not understand that God is in control and and the world fears because they do not understand the the word of God. And if you're saved this morning, you are on the winning side. Don't ever forget that. God in wisdom is accomplishing His purpose and His ultimate purpose is to magnify the name 
of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this is a time to trust God. It's a time to seek God, but it's a time to trust God. I'll give you a third thought this morning. This is a time to obey God. In our passage of Scripture, God gave to Jehoshaphat some clear direction. Now, you remember verse 12, as Jehoshaphat prayed, he said, neither know we what to do. Uh, there are times in life we don't know what to do. And so he admitted to the Lord, Lord, I don't know what to do. And so then God began to give some clear direction. Verse 13, thus saith the Lord. In verse 15, God said to Jehoshaphat, don't be afraid. In verse 16, God said, tomorrow, go ye down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. He said, Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still. See the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah, and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. And then God said, Tomorrow, go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. God gave some direction. As you read on in this passage of Scripture, Jehoshaphat believed the Lord. Uh, verses 18 and 19, Jehoshaphat worshipped God. In verse number 20, we read that he obeyed God. It says, and they rose early in the morning. He did what God told him to do. In verses 21 and 22, as they went forward, they sang praises to the Lord. They're singing unto the Lord. And the Bible said, as they sang unto the Lord, the Lord set ambushments against the enemy. Now, when difficulties come, it's important to continue obeying God. Do what you know He wants you to do. Don't allow the confusion and the turmoil to get you away from the will of God. Uh, some things are clearly set forth. Uh, God wants you to trust Him, to worship Him, to rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say rejoice. God wants you, no matter what, to be faithful to God. God wants you to be faithful in prayer. God wants you to be faithful in your Bible, faithful in your giving, and faithful in your tithing, and faithful in witnessing. And as I mentioned, uh, open doors as never before in a time of darkness. Use those opportunities as a light. Now, I understand uh, taking steps of caution, and I understand things. Uh, uh, some have compromised Immunities, and we've got a missionary that's going to cautions, and I won't shake hands. And I said, That's perfectly fine, brother. Fully understand that type of thing. And I understand, and uh, we've been warned uh, some need to take extra cautions and different things. And uh, government officials have warned about taking steps of caution. And I believe we ought to honor leaders and we ought to pray for them. And by the way, many of our leaders don't know Christ, and they need prayer, they need wisdom. There are many of them that are very confused, and it's because of their confusion that our world is in confusion right now. Uh, Daniel honored Nebuchadnezzar, and the Bible says Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not be defiled with a portion of the king's meat and of the wine which he drank. But you read of the spirit and the heart of Daniel towards Nebuchadnezzar, and because of Daniel's spirit and heart, he had the opportunity, I believe, eventually to see Nebuchadnezzar come to the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe in these steps of caution, but let me just remind you, always seek first the kingdom of God. Always obey God. 
You see, you put God first. You do what God wants you to do, no matter what. Seek first the kingdom of God. So this is a time to obey God. And look with me, 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I want to give you one of the most important thoughts here this morning. This is a time to prepare to meet the Lord. Look in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verse 31. This is years after the battle. And Jehoshaphat reigned over Judah. He was 30 and 5 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 5 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Azubah, the daughter of Shelah. And he walked in the way of Asa, his father, departed not from it, doing that which was right in the sight of the Lord. But notice verse 33. Howbeit, the high places were not taken away. For as yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. Now you read in this passage of Scripture, God was good to Judah. God was good to Jehoshaphat. God gave a mighty deliverance, but a sad response sometime later. As yet the people had not prepared their hearts unto the God of their fathers. I believe with all of my heart, God wants to circumstances in the world today to prepare hearts for the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, if you're saved here this morning, I would ask you this question. Have you taken away the high places of your heart? Have you put the Lord first in your heart? Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Are there false gods in your heart? Are, are there sinful practices? If the Lord were to return right now, would there be things in your life that you're ashamed of? You ought to use this as a time to seek the Lord and to allow the Lord to take away those high places. Have you prepared your heart unto God? I think personally we'll look back on this as, as an overreaction and this too will come to pass. But it's important to seek God not only because of the difficulty. Friend, you ought to seek God in good times and you ought to see God in bad times. Uh, brother, uh, you mentioned to me that uh, when a difficulty comes, what's in the heart is eventually what's going to come out. And uh, in good times, when you seek the Lord, when you face bad times, you'll be prepared for those times. Because the Lord is God always. Now, for the, for the lost this morning, may I state here, God is being merciful. God is giving an opportunity to seek Him. I find it very interesting. A lot of people are preparing physically. They're stocking up, uh, buying food and uh, groceries and not putting down, being prepared for the future, things of that nature. But let me express a thought here. The worst thing in this life is nothing compared to eternity without Jesus Christ. Uh, the worst tragedy a person can face in this life, nothing compared to an eternity in hell. And I would say prepare for eternity. There's only one way to prepare for eternity, and that's through the Lord Jesus Christ. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. He's the one dog. Uh, this church can't get you into heaven, but I can point you to a Savior that can get you to heaven. And that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And uh, the night that I bowed my knee to Jesus and admitted that I was lost and I was a sinner on the way to hell, uh, the Lord Jesus Christ came into my heart to live with me. And he's never left me, never forsaken me from that point. And God's being merciful. And I would say prepare for eternity. And the only way you can prepare for eternity is to turn to Jesus Christ. 
Now, I believe God is giving just a brief glimpse into the tribulation. See, the next major event that's going to come to this world, the trumpet's going to sound. And the dead in Christ will rise. And we which are alive and remain will be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. It's a wonderful day to be with the Lord. But for those that do not know the Lord, they're going to be left behind. And the Bible speaks of a time of tribulation where there will be war and pestilence and natural disaster and famine. Uh, several stores have, have in these recent days reported fighting over items that were short. And there was one store owner locally that had to shorten hours of business just to protect their, uh, the employees in that business. And stated many customers were mean to the workers and uh, they wanted items and they had to limit the number of items that uh, customers were able to take. And some of the customers became angry. And can you imagine... Uh, just in this crisis, what it would be like in the time of the tribulation. When all of the difficulty, the Bible speaks in the tribulation, half of the world's population will die. And men's hearts failing them for fear. In Revelation chapter 9, after all the plagues and the rest of the men, which were not killed by these plagues, yet repented not of the works of their hands, they should not worship devils and idols of gold and silver and brass and stone of wood, which neither can see nor hear nor walk, neither repented they of their murders, nor of their sorceries, nor of their fornication, nor of their thefts. Now, I believe we're so close to the return of Christ. And, and friend, you can look around you. It's such a global society. And, and to me, this is such an indication that disease could be spread now so easily. And, and can you see how we're in a one-world economy and how easy it would be if we were suddenly to lose uh, items of groceries and different things and people looking for answers. And the Bible speaks of an antichrist that's going to be able to give those answers to me. All that we're seeing now are just pointing to these future events that are going to come upon the world. I'm so thankful this morning that I know Christ. And it doesn't matter how dark it gets, my God reigns. My God's on His throne. My God gives an opportunity in dark days to serve Him. So I'm thankful this morning I have nothing to fear. And so I believe this is an opportunity. It's a time to seek Christ. God wants us to seek Him as Jehoshaphat during a time of fear sought the face of God. It's a time to trust the Lord. It's not a time to be filled with panic and fear, but it's a time to turn in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ and simply trust His promises and trust His goodness and and trust his purposes and his wisdom in all that he does. He's always God. He's always right in everything. And it's a time to obey Christ. Don't use the events that are taking place as an excuse not to be obedient unto the Lord. You see, it's in the process of doing what you know God wants you to do that God gives further answers to your life. It's a time to obey Christ, and it's a time to prepare to meet the Lord. For those that are saved, deal with those idols of the heart and seek the Lord with all of your heart. Be right with God. Be prepared that when the trumpet sounds, you're right with Him. You can face Him in purity. And if you're not saved this morning, oh, the challenge is Jesus loves you. He hates your sin and He judges sin. And sin will be condemned to hell. But Jesus paid the debt that you owe. He paid it in full. 
There's nothing more for you to add to what Jesus has already done on the cross. He cried, it is finished. I paid the debt. I paid it in full. And simply your need is to come and bow the knee to Jesus Christ this morning. Every head bowed and every eye closed.